0: I'll be reading the first two verses, the first epistle of Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion, in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, Grace to you, and peace be multiplied. Good morning, church. Thank you, Jim. I hope that you've had an opportunity to pick up an announcement sheet, lots of things going on in there. And I was thinking about how busy, what a busy week this has been. Last Sunday we started off with a great day. Fifth Sunday we enjoyed a meal together and the food was great and the fellowship was even better. Uh, Then after that on Wednesday night, we had our annual uh, our fish fry that Thomas Neal and others participated in and cooking. And we fed over 200 people Wednesday night. And there were over 300 in Bible classes that night. So, Brother Thomas, I guess you're going to have to fix uh, fish uh, at least once a month, okay? So that was exciting to have that many people here in in fellowship and eating together and then studying God's Word. And then Thursday evening, uh, all the men, we were able to, enjoy a wild game supper together. We had several visitors. I think Greg said there was uh, about 50 or so uh, close to it there, and we had a great time, and there was lots of food there, so we did a lot of eating this week. And then yesterday, uh, a group of about 50 uh, left and headed to Knoxville to enjoy uh, the the Tennessee game together, and and they will be coming back uh, today. So those of you counting out there, uh, we, we ought to have 450, okay? So make sure you put that down. Don't even count, just put down 450. But let's pray for those individuals that will be coming back today as as they travel. It has been a a busy week, but a good week. Bill, thank you so much for reminding us about the importance of prayer and all the things that that we have to pray about this week. This is an unusual and great week, an important week. We celebrate our veterans and we thank you for your service. And we thank those who continue to serve. But also we have an opportunity to vote for our next president. And so I want to encourage you, if you've not already voted, that you will do so this week. And be in prayer about the election, but not only that, about our country. As we talked about last week... The things that are going on in our world, it's not just an attack against our country, our nation, and the way things used to be, but it's an attack against God. And we want to stand up and live for God in a way that pleases God. As was mentioned also, parents with children, sixth grade and down, Tonight we will begin Pew Packers at 5.45 right over here. After that at 6 we'll have Children's Bible Hour over in the youth suite uh, and we have uh, uh, several ladies that are in charge of that and they're doing an excellent job and they're excited they have all this stuff together and we need you to bring your children here tonight beginning at 5.45 and then uh, the Children's Bible Hour at 6. They They've put a lot of work and time and effort into that and we know that you will be uh, appreciated uh, by being a part of that. I also want to say something about uh, our small groups. We'll start next Sunday evening with our small groups for this year. It's been some delay, but uh, we appreciate your patience. But there are sign up lists back in the, uh, in the foyer, back on the small tables on the, on the front wall. And we need you to go by and sign up to be a part of a group. Now, some of these groups may decide to meet here at the building, and that's fine, but some may decide to meet, uh, in, in homes, and that's great too. We want you to be together in a smaller, intimate setting to spend time in prayer to spend time in fellowship, and also to spend some time uh, discussing topics as related to God's Word and to our everyday lives. So please, please consider being a part of this next, starting next Sunday evening. But we need you to go by and sign up on those lists so we'll know who wants to be a part of that and we can, you can be in those groups and we'll know where to tell you uh, your group is going to meet. I want to encourage you also, in relation to our small groups... Tonight, we're going to embark on a study that will really take us all through next year on Sunday evenings. But it will also be included on, in our small groups. Uh, there's a group of men... Uh, ministers and uh, some scholars and professors uh, that got together and they decided to come up with a study called One Word. A lot of these guys are in the Nashville area and in other places, but they they came up with uh, this study, One Word, and they've chosen... Fifty-three words, and we'll start, in, start tonight talking about some of those words. Fifty-three words in this study. We've chose seven of those words that we'll study and look at in our small groups. So we want to encourage you to be a part of that. But I want to encourage you to be back on Sunday, Sunday evening, to join us in these studies and in this small group as we look at this one word. And one thing I want to mention to you, we've ordered these black books For one per family. Because here's what we have the opportunity to do in addition to studying these words. These are different writers of these one words. And so each Sunday night, now not on the fourth Sunday night or the fifth Sunday night, but on the first through the third, we'll be looking at some of these words. And in these black books, they've chosen several different writers. Some you'll be familiar with. And they have written five devotionals that you and your family, we can study about it on Sunday evening, and you and your family can go through that week in these devotionals pertaining to that one word. What a great opportunity for us. As we live in a time that's very uneasy, that we wonder, what's the future hold? We have the opportunity to come together and study these particular words that pertain to God's Word to strengthen our faith and our walk, to strengthen our families so that we can tell Satan, Satan not in our house. We're trying to follow God. We're we're trying to study His Word. And and I just want to encourage you to be a part of these opportunities. Tonight we'll have these books available uh, for each family. So a lot of good things happening here and I want you to make plans to be a part of these opportunities. (laughs) Now turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll also look at a couple of verses, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. I chose this first screen that you'll see here to remind us that, and we sang the song a while ago, that we're just passing through this world. A lot of times we, we get that misunderstood. A lot of times, you know, this is all that we really know as far as tangible things, but it's our faith and our belief in God's Word that there is a better to come. Today is the first Sunday of November. In just a few weeks, many of us will be sitting down to enjoy Thanksgiving meals with family and friends. Most of us, I want you to take a look at this next picture. Most of us, as we sit down and, and uh, are during this time of the year, especially our children as they go to school, we're, we're talking about Thanksgiving. We're talking about the, the pilgrims and the Indians. And remember back in that voyage of 1620, and those pilgrims who came from England in search of a new land, in search of new freedoms. They made that famous, dangerous voyage. Across the ocean. You see, they were tired of being oppressed. They were tired of being told how they would worship. They, they were tired of being oppressed by King Henry and, and the beginning of the Church of England and, and saying it was illegal to be a part of any other church except for that church. And so they were tired of being oppressed and they decided we will leave and we will start something new and we will start a land of the free. We will take this voyage. Though I might lose my life, we will take this voyage so that we can worship God freely so that we can follow His Word and His Word only and not what some king or dictator tells us to do. Isn't it interesting that Peter opens up his letter and he calls his listeners, he calls his readers, pilgrims. Both in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1, and in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11, he calls his readers pilgrims and sojourners. Peter says, we are pilgrims. We are pilgrims. But what does it mean to be a pilgrim? Strong's definition of a pilgrim is an alien alongside... Or I like what Thayer says. Thayer says, It's one who comes from a foreign country into a city or a land to reside there by the natives, alongside the natives. And that's what the early pilgrims did, alongside the Native Americans. And you remember, the Native Americans taught them a lot about farming. For you see, they were beginning to die of disease and starvation. And because they were able to get along with, in those early days, those Native Americans, they were able to, a lot of them, still survive. And they taught each other different things. But they were there, foreigners in that land alongside. And they sat down and they celebrated a feast together in thanksgiving of God. All the things that he had given them. And we still celebrate those things today when we sit down for Thanksgiving. And so Peter said, You are aliens. I started to find some funny pictures about aliens, and I don't mean the aliens from outer space, I mean, you are from another country, Christians. And you are here in this world to walk alongside those people out there that are of the world. Referred to the saying the scripture, be in the world but not of the world. And Peter says, that's what we are. We are pilgrims. It's a similar theme to that of Abraham. Do you remember when Abraham was out in the wilderness wandering? He, he didn't belong there. He was a pilgrim, he was a sojourner, he was an alien. Walking alongside those. Of the land, in Genesis chapter twenty-three and verse four, he says, "I am a stranger and a sojourner among them." Notice what Peter says in First Peter chapter one and verse four. Peter has an a similar idea in reminding his readers that his that our homeland is in heaven. Look at what he says. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Do we believe that? We sing it. Peter has said, Your pilgrims. You're sojourners in this world, and you're going to an inheritance of a land in heaven. John tried to describe it, didn't he? He tried to describe it in a way that we could understand it, but listen, it's not, it's much better than what he could describe. Are you hurting today? Imagine a place with no pain. Has your heart been broken? Imagine a place with no tears. Do you miss loved ones? Imagine a place with no death. John tried to describe it in speaking of the street of gold. Oh, it will be beautiful. And yet, the world wants to tell us that this world is what it's about. We'll look in just a minute at how he talks about the pleasures of this world and self gratification. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to believe. Remember, we've talked about it several times, he's been doing it since the Garden of Eden, he tried it with Jesus in the wilderness. he still tries it with us today. But Peter would remind us we're pilgrims. We're just passing through because we have a better country. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 verses 13 and verse 16, he, he would remind us a similar thing about being pilgrims and about our home being in heaven. Listen to what he says. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. The, the, the people listened in Hebrews chapter 11 would remind us by their life, by their faith, that they were pilgrims and strangers on the earth. What a way to be encouraged, a way to be reminded that these people, they lived by faith. They died by faith. They were not perfect, but they were complete through God. And their lives, the Hebrew writer would tell us in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, their lives serve as a witness of how to be pilgrims in a world we do not belong in. In a world and in a life we are just passing through. Because, like the Hebrew writer would would try to remind the Hebrews, there is a better, a better place... Can you imagine it? A better place than here? We get to enjoy a lot of things, but a better place than here? A place where not only we come together like we do today to worship God, but we can really be in the presence even more fully of Almighty God. Peter says, remember, we're pilgrims just passing through. But how is that done? He tells us in chapter 2 and verse 11. Notice what he says. He says, Beloved, I beg you or I urge you, I am pleading with you as pilgrims, as sojourners, as those just passing through this life, avoid the fleshly lust which war against your soul." One gentleman said, Given the degree to which immorality, particularly sexual immorality, was enmeshed into greco roman culture, Christians struggled to make the clean break with sin. Peter talks about it in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. That the Word of Christ demanded. Fleshly desires were not easily shed. Sounds a lot like our culture today, isn't it? A culture full of immorality, in particular, sexual immorality. And these Christians knew how strong those desires were. These Christians knew how difficult it was to shed those things off. But Peter said, as pilgrims, remember, we, this is not our home. We really don't belong here. We're passing through to a better place. Therefore, therefore, Avoid these fleshly lust. The lures of Satan are strong. Just ask Adam and Eve. Just ask Abraham. Just ask David. Just ask the Christians at Corinth. You see, Peter told his readers, These fleshly lusts. War against your soul. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Now we'll also notice in just a little bit of how Peter mentions some of these lusts. Some of these fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Last week we talked about war. Last week we talked about the importance of putting on the whole armor of God because we are at war. Galatians chapter 5, Paul also talks about this. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, lust, uh, uh, the the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. There's a war going on. The battleground is our minds and our hearts. And Paul says in verse 19 of Galatians 5, now the works of the flesh that war against you, Peter said, they are evident, Adultery. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lewdness. Idolatry. Sorcery. Hatred. Contentions. Jealousies. Outburst of wrath, selfish ambitions, disse- disseminations, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, rivalry, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, and just as I also to- told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians 6, Paul would also tell the church of Corinth, those who practice these unrighteous things, and he lists many of the same things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who choose to practice, therefore, living by these things, will not make it to the inheritance. Do you see the importance of people of Peter and Paul reminding us, we are pilgrims. Therefore, remember, it's not about the here and now. It's about the hereafter. And the way we live, Peter would say and Paul would say, can determine the outcome. You see, living right and living righteously was important to Peter and Paul. One person says, Desires become fleshly desires when they drive a person to self-gratification at the expense of others. Those whose citizenship was in the world were driven by desires for sensual pleasure or power over others. Believers were to turn away from impulses that brought self-gratification at the expense of others. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17, Paul would say, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. Peter says, They war against your soul. Peter wanted his readers to live in such a way. There couldn't be any possible way that the world could accuse the believers of living the same way. Of living like them. I have to ask myself the question, when I get up daily, when I go out into the world, am I living the life of a Christian pilgrim? So that people know, yeah, I may not look differently from everyone else. I may not dress differently. I live in a house and I drive a car and I make money and I spend money and I go to this grocery store and I buy groceries and I go to the parts store and I buy parts I mow my grass just like everyone else but internally there is something different and I want you to know that because I take it seriously living in this world but I also take it seriously that I'm a pilgrim in this world I'm journeying to a better place. And I want you to know that by my life and by the way I conduct my business. That's why it's so important that we live differently from the world. Okay, Peter, but 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 why? Verse 12. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. The Apostle Peter was concerned about the behavior of his readers. The behavior of his readers before a world that is gladly given in to self-gratification, to sensual pleasures. And our world, we know, is not much different, is it? And Peter, writing many years ago, would remind us Christians, as you live among the world, among the pagans of the world, your behavior is important. Your manner of life, your conduct. In chapter 1, he mentions some of these in verses 14 through 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 14. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance. But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. In the way that you behave in the world, you be holy. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, in a reverential fear of Almighty God, the ultimate judge. Quickly turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Paul deals similarly with the things of this world and reminding Christians to live differently. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Seek those things which are above. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. It can be a challenge, can it? For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now, but now, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of Him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And Peter says, Remember, remember folks, Remember readers, remember Christians, you are pilgrims just a passing through. And as pilgrims, avoid the fleshly lusts of the world which war against your souls and can keep you from the inheritance of heaven. And you have your conduct, your manner of life, honorable before the world, before the pagans of this world. So that, so that by your good works which they observe will glorify God when? Not necessarily today, but when the Lord returns. When Queen Victoria was a child, She didn't know she was in line to be the queen. Her teachers struggled and became frustrated because she wouldn't take her work seriously. She wouldn't do the things that she needed to do. Even the little things, she wouldn't do the things that she needed to do. She just took her time and uh, it doesn't matter. And one day, her teachers decided to tell her that she was in line be the queen After hearing this queen or Victoria quietly said Then I will be good What made all the difference is she realized who she was And you see it makes all the difference when we realize we're pilgrims just passing through. Don't you want to go to that land? And we walk out into this world and we declare, don't you want to go to that land where I'm bound? That's where I'm going. And well, I want you to know something. I'm not perfect. There's going to be days I mess up and you're going to see me mess up big time. But I want you to know like the people in the Hebrews chapter 11, the Hebrew the heroes of faith that I follow, I want you to know that I'm living by faith. Because I'm going to another land. That's my home. And I want you to know that yes I'm here. And yes as being in this world, I'm going to try to live a productive life. And I'm going to try to practice my righteousness not to be seen by men, but to give glory to God. So that on the day of visitation, I can hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, and you, world, will glorify God too. There's a story of a man who lived in the same time as that of Alexander the Great. And his name also was Alexander. But this guy, he made some coward decisions. He didn't live right. And he didn't act right. And because of the way he lived and that coward life, he was brought before Alexander the Great. And as he stood there before Alexander the Great, Alexander the Great said, What's your name, son? And he whispered, Alexander, I can't hear you. And a little louder he said, Alexander. And a third time he said, I can't hear you. And he spoke up loud enough for Alexander the Great to finally hear him. And he said, Alexander. To which Alexander the Great said, either change your name or change your actions. Peter said, we're Christian pilgrims. We wear the name of Christ. And therefore, we follow Christ. Not to an empty tomb outside Jerusalem, but into the very presence to live eternally with Almighty God. Maybe it is today that you've not made that declaration. That you've not said like many did in the book of Acts, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The eunuch asked Peter, here's water, what's keeping me from dying with Jesus Christ? To be buried with Him, to be washed of my sins in that watery grave to rise in newness of life now being on the pilgrim journey with other pilgrims passing through this life to the next there's a lot of decisions that you can make in life but there will be none greater than the day you decide to give your life to Jesus Christ, to allow Him to be supreme in your life, to be Lord of your life. Have you done that today? You see, there were some serious things that Peter and Paul wanted their readers to know. And every time we come together in this building, we want people to know it's of utmost importance, it's of utmost urgency. That if you're willing, that you give your life to Jesus. Have you done that today? It's our prayer that you will. Maybe you're here today. And maybe you hear that story of Alexander the Great. And maybe one day you did call on the name of the Lord and you did were buried with Him in baptism to rise in newness of life and go on your way rejoicing, declaring you are a pilgrim. But for some reason, Satan has put so many things in your life. And maybe you realize that today is the time that you need to declare. I need to change my actions. God, I need to be forgiven. Church family, I need you to pray with me and pray for me. Maybe it is you're just carrying some heavy burdens and you need prayers of the church. What better time than the present? As together we stand in sin.